0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live
2: right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions here on the program around the country, even around the world. The number to dial is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And of course, we have a 24 7 text line that we use for prayer requests. And for the program, we use it for live questions, prayer requests that you can access the station directly 7203360897. Two different numbers, put them in your phone book. Uh, you know, if you want to be on the air, which is the best way to use this program, call me 303 Grace FM is the host of Calvary Live. Grace FM is a radio network based in Aurora, Colorado. Ministry outreach of the church here, Calvary Church. We're also heard on the Radio by Grace network around the country. We're also heard on Hope FM and Truth FM, on Higher Rock Radio and other stations that have picked us up along the way. You can listen to us live on gracefm.com. And again, Uh, A reminder that the program is broadcast live now on Radio by Grace and Grace FM. Uh, So call me. We'll be on the air live together on all the other networks. You hear it as one week delayed, which is kind of an added bonus for you because you can call the program. You'll hear the question like you normally would uh, because when you're on the air, you're like on a phone call with me and when... You know, you get your answer, you get it right on the air, but in on Hope FM, Truth FM, you guys can listen next week and hear yourself on the radio, which I think is kind of cool. 303-690-3000. <clears throat> it's just such a, an exciting time of the year with Easter coming up in a couple weeks and just praying for the churches around town, uh, adding services, adding capacity, um, back in person, of course. Uh, gathering together and anticipating the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I don't want you to neglect uh, praying for your church, praying for your pastor, praying for uh, the community that literally is transformed one person at a time as men and women repent of their sins and give their life to Jesus Christ. I mean, that that really is um, the importance of being born again. It is a transformation uh, it is a change. It is um, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. I, I quote it, but I want to read it so I make sure that I read it correctly. It's uh, it's written to the Corinthians in Second Corinthians chapter five, uh, verse seventeen. Great verse. You should probably memorize it, uh, as it will speak to you in those times of great trouble, those times of great temptation. And here it is. As soon as I start reading it, many of you are going to already know it. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And just to think about that, you are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God is doing a new thing and a new work in your life. So give me a call, 303 690 All the lines are wide open, 303 690 or text me, 720-336-0897. Got a prayer request for Brother Jim, or for a brother, um, Jim, and his wife. Uh, his wife has taken a turn for the worst, and the end is imminent. Hmm. Father, I do pray for Jim as he faces the difficulty, watching his wife take a turn for the worse. I know that these these times are very challenging. Um, death is an enemy, and it's just such a discouraging thing to face death. Even though we as believers we don't um, we don't grieve like those who have no hope, but we grieve nonetheless. So I pray for Jim. And I also pray for his wife as she faces the end of life. Take her last breath here, her next breath in eternity. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, let's go to the phone lines. They're filling up. Vince is in Littleton, Colorado. Vince, welcome to the program.
3: Hi, Ed. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Hey, I just was curious if you've ever watched or heard of uh, The Elephant Room, I kind of stumbled across it and watching sermons online and just getting your take on it because they had some, it was about 10, 10 years ago that they did this. Uh, Greg Laurie was on there, Matt Chandler, some reputable um, preachers, but they would just debate different topics of the church and stimulate some pretty good, uh, uh, you know, uh, thought provoking. So just didn't know if you'd heard of it or knew anything about it. I have it. heard of uh, it.
2: Uh, I have heard of it. I remember seeing it. I don't think I watched them in uh, in their entirety, but you've got, I think, um, a couple of guys that um, I wouldn't suggest to follow. You know, Greg Glory, definitely reliable. Matt Chandler, for sure. But if I remember correctly, T.D. Jakes was on there. Um, T.D. Jakes uh, doesn't believe in the Trinity. He's a oneness Pentecostal, so I'm not really interested in uh, what he has to say. Um, McDonald, I think, was the host if I remember correctly, and and he ran into a lot of problems in his church and was fired there. Uh, and then I also um, the brother from uh, Mars Hill Church, what's his name? Um, they just did a big podcast on his. So, you know, I, I the principle of debating, discussing, dialoguing, great. I love it. I love doing it myself. But some of the guys, Mark Driscoll was his name, some of the yeah. guys, you know, I just— I. I I believe they're brothers. I believe we'll be in eternity together. I mean, I think uh, when it comes to TD Jakes and denying the Trinity, I mean he's going to have to answer to God for that. I don't know how that all sorts out, or if he hasn't changed his view. But you know, I'm not. Those aren't guys I would really recommend to follow or read. Or
3: yeah, I agree. Spend I agree. I, I just uh, when yeah. I watched the uh, Mark Driscoll and TD Jakes, uh, there was, you know, Mark Driscoll called him out on his modalism and such and uh just was interested it was just it was i think for a mature christian that can you know sit through it it was it was neat to see them debate these topics and i just wasn't sure if you'd heard about it and watched it and just wanted your opinion on it so
2: yeah no i appreciate it i mean i i I agree with you i think healthy dialogue healthy debate um there's again maturity you know and, and really whatever level of maturity we're in like the 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 reality of testing all things holding fast to what is good um and i do like and I, and i do appreciate um you know hearing alternative views it helps to refine our iron, iron sharpening iron but um some of those guys definitely wouldn't recommend
3: i agree with that now being it 10 years ago uh yeah it's sad to see some of them you know it's it's the day to day stuff but yeah it was Sad to hear and find out about some of
2: that stuff.
3: But, well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks, and Vince. God bless, you.
2: bless you, man. Bye bye. 303 690 3000 is the number. Give me a call. Phone lines are open. When one drops, another one opens up. Staying in Colorado is Mike in Pierce, Colorado. Welcome to the program, Mike.
4: Hi, Pastor Ed. Thanks for taking my call.
2: You're welcome. What's um, going on?
4: Uh, our second oldest son, he has suffered some severe traumatic brain injuries significantly oh. over the past 20 years. Yes. And this, he had recently gotten married last summer and got in trouble. And now he's in Weld County jail and he's, he's, he believes in Christ and okay. mom and I have been, the whole family been praying for years. And, you know, we understand God's got plans for him. And he, he's pulled him back from death so many times. He is our, our walking miracle for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been struggling uh, with COVID inside jail. It's even tougher because a lot of times they don't even let him out. They don't even let mm-hmm. him outside. But just this morning or last night, he had a mental setback. And he's on the watch right now. Okay. And I know he listens to your show. And I praise God for that, because I listen to you every day, and you've been a true blessing and inspiration with the way you um, share the gospel. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get prayer for him and um, let him know that his parents and family and God's family are all praying for him, and he does have a hearing coming up uh, next week. Um, But it's a long process, and Mm -hmm. we just want him to know we we love and support him, and God supports him. you know, or there.
2: So, What's his first name?
4: His name is Levi.
2: Okay. Lord, we pray for Levi and just the everything surrounding his life right now, even with that um, traumatic brain injury and all the effects of that, Lord. But I, I am grateful that he's alive. I'm grateful, God, that he could even be listening now or if he's not listening now, you could give that impression, Father, of the Holy Spirit in his life, just reminding him he's not alone. Reminding him of your faithfulness, <clears throat> your ability to walk him through this, you know, super challenging time being in jail, um, having to face charges and face arraignments and face court hearings and the long process. Lord, we pray for health and healing in his life, um, and Lord, even a rep, uh, a repairing, God, a repairing of his mind, uh, a renewing of his mind, an establishing, Lord, of his. Strength and faith in you. And so I pray for him, but I also pray for his parents. And it's just a very challenging time right now, a very difficult time. But I know that, Lord, you are faithful. Um, And I've just been meditating lately, Lord, on when your word says, even when we are faithless, you remain faithful. And so it's our heart, God, to lean into you, to trust you, and to walk day by day abiding in you. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it.
2: Keep us up to date, Mike. Thank you. God
4: bless.
2: All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know, this is a couple of times that's come up uh, recently. Uh, a couple of times I was talking to um sister at church um, and and another brother at church, and then now Mike that, you know, jail has entered into their family through a loved one. You know, they have a loved one in jail. And it just reminded me of my own experience Uh, my own life that jail was actually one of the beginning steps of God really turning me away from sin. And it didn't happen right away. Unfortunately, I get thrown in jail. I have to go through the whole court process. uh, And, you know, I even had to go to AA classes and took my driver's license away. And I had all these things happening to me and, and I still didn't surrender. However, it did, like you know, quite literally arrest my thinking, and it and it started with a lot of other events. God was piecing things together to turn me away from sin and to bring a conviction of sin, not just toward my wife, not just toward my son at the time. My my poor Eddie had to deal with all that, um, but <clears throat> my parents and everyone that cared and loved for me. But but toward God, it began to really. Open my eyes to the reality of my distance from God, and you know I can use Bible language now, right? Because I, I know the Bible, I'm learning the Bible, I'm studying it. But I didn't have Bible knowledge back then. I didn't care. I didn't even own a Bible. However, there was a a real distinct work of God that was happening that was the beginning. And so when I think of Mike, uh, Mike's son, I think of the brother that we prayed for at church, and um, the, the the two it was two brothers at church, and. Um I know that God can use these very trying difficult times to really grab attention and let it be the last incarceration, the last time of, you know, the last drunken binge or the last drug-induced issue and um I just know God can turn turn us. You know, and I we were praying last night as well and just just to encourage you guys listening. I mean, we were praying last night I was praying with someone else about a situation and just thinking, you know, Lord, you can turn the hearts of kings like the rivers of water. You, you can do that and you can speak to bosses and you can speak to presidents and you can speak to mayors and you can speak to parents. You can, you can move those in authority and we trust you. Mm. So good to look to him three oh three six nine zero three thousand all right heading out now to Florida Victor welcome to the program is that me that's you Victor you're on the air
5: okay thank you thank you for for having me now my you're question welcome. is about my question is I hear a lot of preachers preaching that God Jesus and the Holy Spirit is one God operating in three separate um, ways. Now, the Scripture teaches me that Jesus said to his disciple when he was leaving, when I go, I will ask my Father to send you another. For me, that's one person I'm talking about his Father and talking about the Holy Spirit. So there's three different spirits there. When Jesus was in the garden of our Gethsemane, he prayed to his Father. When he saw on the cross, he said, Father, into your hands I deliver my spirit. When he was baptized by John, the voice from heaven said, this is, my old, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So for me, it's three different spirits, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. What's your take on that?
2: Well, I, my take is to allow the Bible to describe God for himself, right? When we're reading the Bible, we come to it and we allow God to describe himself, and that's where we have to start. And you're doing, a, you're doing a good job identifying some of the key ingredients of how God has revealed himself. And we start with the principle that God makes very clear. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Galatians chapter 3, that there is only one, capital G, God. Only one God. And that's an important principle that we, uh, uh, an important teaching that we um, yield to. You know, for example, uh, I'll just read to you in Deuteronomy chapter six, um, that very important passage in chapter six, verse four, where the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord Jehovah, our God, Jehovah is one. And you shall love the Lord God, Jehovah, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So however we then begin to understand the dynamic of who God is and how he manifests, how he reveals himself, we know that He, there is only one God. There aren't two, there aren't three, there aren't five, there aren't ten. There's only one true God. However, when you when you begin to read through the scriptures, you you begin to read, wait a minute, as you're reading the Bible, the Father claims to be God, Jesus claims to be God, and the Holy Spirit claims to be God. And now what do we do with that? And and we even find, as you identified in the Bible, you even find inter, what I'm going to use the word Trinitarian, inter-Trinitarian dialogue between the Father and the Son, or even in that episode of the baptism of Jesus, you remember. You have Jesus in the water being baptized. You have the Holy Spirit manifesting upon him in the form of a dove. And then you have the Father speaking from heaven. And so the best way that I have done this and taught our church is to go in through the Bible and look at the character and nature of the Father, then look at the character and nature of the Son, And look at the character and the nature of the Holy Spirit and find that they all share equal attributes, equal attributes, and then tie those in with a fourth study on explaining what the doctrine of the Trinity really is. And I would encourage you to download our app, our free app. I did this in four studies. As a matter of fact, one is airing on the radio right now on the nature of the sun, Um, Jesus Christ through our Bounding Grace Radio, and uh, listen to those and see if they don't answer the question that you pose. Okay. Um, It is a challenging doctrine. Um, It is beyond the scope of our understanding, and that should be both encouraging and a little bit frustrating, I think, because there is a part of God that we don't fully understand, which is good. Because if we fully understood God, then we would be equal with God, and and I'm not equal with God. You're not equal with God. So there are parts of God that are still mysterious. There are parts of God that there are parts of how He describes Himself, what His attribute is, what His character is, that are still beyond. He's the f- infinite. Our minds are the finite. And so if you go to the if you go to your app store and put my name in there, Ed taylor my our church app will pop up and then in the search bar of that app just put the word trinity in and uh there's four studies that i attempted to do my best in teaching of the character and nature of god and i i really do think they'll be helpful thank you all right call me back when you you know after you take some time and think it through maybe it'll crystallize your Question a little bit yeah, more, yeah. or might re- I have to call I'd love to hear you it.
5: back another time because yeah. I want Let's you to explain something to me in Hebrew, Hebrew chapter one. So I will call you back at another okay, time. Okay, fantastic.
2: I look forward to it. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. 303 690 3000. Um, uh, you know, the, the the doctrine of the Trinity is back up there with, uh, you know, top two most difficult doctrines in all the Bible, uh, and yet. When we have difficult doctrines, we just allow the Bible to say what it says, say what it says, say what it says, and accept and believe what it says, even without a full understanding. You know, And, and we we do a lot. You you might like, well, wait a minute, that sounds like blind faith, Ed. That sounds like you're just telling me to follow. No, 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 no. Um, that's, a, that's a really false accusation that people try to trip you up as a believer. Because let me give you an example of how we live this way all the time. Um, and of course this won't apply to everyone, but it certainly applies to me. Um, and it'll apply to a lot of you. So let, let just, we live a lot with doing things that we don't fully understand and just accepting and trust it. Number one, think about electricity. I do not understand how electricity works. I don't get it. I don't get the ohms and the watts and all of that. I really don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, but that doesn't prevent me from flipping a light switch. You get it? Like I, I flip a light switch and I, I believe when I hit, hit a flight switch, the light's going to come on. I don't know how it's going to, I don't know how it's going to come on. Um, I even attempted to study electricity and take, I took a class maybe thinking that would be a career. And I think I took it for two weeks and I'm like, nah, I'm out. I don't know how to do this, but it doesn't prevent me from flipping a switch or turning the lights on on my car. I don't, I'm not a mechanic. I don't understand how engines work, but I drive a car every day. Um, there, there's a lot in life that we don't fully understand, but we accept and we live with, and maybe we attempt to learn a little bit more, but there, we don't have full understanding of everything. And so don't let somebody go, oh, that's just a blind faith. You're just following people. Not, that's not true. That's not true. That's like, going. Oh, no, you flip the light switch. Oh, that's just blind faith. You're just you know trusting electricity. It's all nonsense. Don't let people do that to you. Um, in, in normal, real life, we participate in a lot of things we don't fully understand. Why not with? Why can't God withhold or be beyond our understanding and yet still demand our faith? Why can't He do that? Of course, He could do that. He's bigger, better. He's our Creator. We are His creation. So, at any rate, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to back to Colorado, Ellen in Highlands Ranch. Welcome to the program.
0: Thank you thanks for taking my call. How are you today?
2: You're welcome. I'm doing great.
0: Good. Hey, so I, just real quick, I'm 58. I grew up uh, Lutheran. I, since 20 years ago, um, just really didn't believe in the theology of it, and have since um, become just really, it's all about the relationship with Jesus and and all of that. So my sister, however, is still a Lutheran pastor, and she and I were talking today, and once again, she brought up this old argument that <clears throat> there's nowhere in the Bible that condemns homosexuality, right. and that um, also that infant baptism is what you're supposed to do based on what Paul said. And I went through both two things, and I, you know, and I, I was able to kind of stand my own and tell her some things. And she said, "Yeah, you just you don't get it. People take the Bible wrong." And I said, "Well, I, <laughs> I don't." I don't. <laughs> yes, they do. So, yeah. So, anyway, what you know, I understand maybe Jesus was neutral, didn't say specifically anything about a homosexual. No, he definitely was not bull- neutral.
2: No, no, okay. he definitely was not neutral. Um so let's go back a little bit and back up and we may have to take this call into the next segment cuz I I definitely want to finish our thoughts and have a a good dialogue. So let's just back up and say ag- let's let's find some agreement with your sister and people do take the Bible wrong. No doubt, 100%. And in this case, I would I would assert that your sister uh, takes the Bible wrong on this topic, because Jesus is definitely not neutral. Even though someone doesn't say something in the negative, doesn't mean he doesn't affirm. That doesn't mean the same truth isn't affirmed in the positive. Because if we took that kind of logic, well, Jesus didn't specifically condemn something, then we could make up all kinds of weird theology, couldn't we? For example. Jesus never condemns drunk driving. So I guess it's okay, because Jesus never condemned it. Um, I mean, that's just foolish logic. I, we we it's, it's taking such a leap away from the clear passages of Scripture on this particular topic. So number one, the Bible absolutely um, condemns the sin of homosexuality. Just as strong as it condemns the sin of adultery, just as strong as it consent, condemns the... Uh, sin of fornication, um, it absolutely does, and and the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul on at least two occasions um, condemns homosexuality. And then if we back up and go, well, wait a minute, what did Jesus never mention homosexuality? No, but he actually mentioned something higher than homosexuality. In Matthew chapter nineteen, do you know what he does? He defines for us what marriage is. He gives us the he tells us exactly in the positive what marriage is. Remember what he said at the beginning? The creator made them male and female. That speaks to a lot of what's happening today with the LGBTQXYZ. I can't keep up with the letters that keep getting added, but the idea of adopting a gender and and, and saying you're one thing and not another, that covers all of that right there. Jesus says in the affirmative, in a very loving way, God, he being God himself, but God created them male and female. And that's an affirmation again of what was taught to us in Genesis. And so after he establishes God's creative order, he then says the male and female, this is the reason why a man leaves his father and mother, male, female, repeats it again, to be united with his wife and the two shall become one flesh. And they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And so Jesus is going back to the creation account with Adam and Eve and affirming God's ideal, um, intended, specific creative design for marriage and sexuality. And... Jesus doesn't take a permissive view of immorality or divorce. And he firms the single that, that those that aren't married to, to remain celibate or to be married to one spouse. And so it's not fair for us to, to say, well, Jesus didn't condemn it, therefore it's okay because Jesus didn't speak on every single topic. However, he does speak on this topic from the perspective of marriage and God's in, uh, creative. Uh, intent and what does the Bible say in First Corinthians chapter six? It says to run away from sexual immorality. So Paul absolutely teaches for all of us, for you, for me, for anyone to run away from sexual immorality. Um, and so I knew it would catch up to us. So hold on, we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back and finish, and we'll have a dialogue. On this.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Hey, good afternoon, and welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, a suburb of Denver. Been here 20... Hmm... 21 years as a church. We'll be 22 this year. And so grateful to be a part of your life. I know a lot of you are new through the Radio by Grace network. and We're grateful to to welcome you in. You're just learning about this show. And uh, you guys on Hope FM and Truth FM and Grace FM, you guys have been listening for a while. And uh, it's a show where you get to call in. You get to talk to pastors. It's not so much a Bible Answer Man show as it is a pastoral show. You know, get to talk to a pastor not behind the pulpit and let's dialogue and let's answer. We'll answer. Of course, we're going to answer Bible questions because that's the only answer that we really have. Um, but it's more pastoral. We'll pray for you, we'll pray about what God's doing in your life, we'll take your prayer requests. So you can do it a couple ways. You can call and talk at 303 six nine zero three thousand or 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can text us at seven two zero. Three three six zero eight nine seven, save those numbers, okay, so we're gonna go back to the phone lines we were asking uh talking to Ellen here. She had a question about um you know does what about jesus not not condemning homosexuality or such and and so so far, um Ellen, welcome back. Thank you uh so far, are you with me on the answer? Do you have any follow up on that?
0: Yes, I'm absolutely with you, yes. And it's it's so, funny because that's exactly what I said to her. I said, but not good. in those words. But I said, "Well, I go by the creation, and God created man and woman, and <laughs> so that's what I go by." And
2: and it's, it's like, well, I've heard
0: I've, that before, I, but yeah, yeah.
2: It's it's something too, where like your second question as well, your second question about infant baptism, you know, it's really not an accepted biblical practice. There there is no example in the Bible ever of any infant being baptized. There's only some kind of stretched inference uh, when Cornelius gets saved that he and his whole household is baptized. Um, But that that implies that even those that weren't, you know, everybody in there is his servants is like, really the context when it says he and his whole household was everyone that believed in his house got baptized. Um, That's the prerequisite for water baptism. The prerequisite for water baptism is is that a person is born again, and water baptism uh, for a baby doesn't do anything, because a baby's incapable of believing in Jesus, and it's unfortunately the infant baptism rolled over from the Roman Catholic Church into Lutheranism, uh, and also the whole Reformed tradition, and the whole Reformed tradition, remember, comes as an answer to Roman Catholicism, and and as much as Luther, as much good as Martin Luther did standing up against the injustices and the unrighteousness of the Roman Catholic Church, he still took some of it with him. Um, and infant baptism was one of it. Um, and, and ecclesiastical uh, laity and the the laity and the priesthood. He also he brought quite a bit of Roman Catholicism with him, including infant baptism. Uh, and baptism isn't a means of salvation. It's not a means of of extending the new covenant. Only the blood of Jesus Christ saves a person, not water.
0: Right. And so I, um, speaking of that, I had said, well, you know, baptism isn't for, you know, to be saved. It's a, you know, we went through that. And she said, oh, I'm not talking about saved. I don't even believe in a the hell. There's not a hell. I don't believe in the enemy. Oh. And I literally hung up and I'm like, she, she's a lost I, I don't, I, I'm actually concerned because. I would be too. I'm really concerned. Yeah. And it makes me really sad because she's just she's really concerned her daughter is now married and and <laughs> got away from Lutheran and is doing, you know, in in a non-denominational but, you know, really a relationship with Jesus and she's really concerned yeah. that she, her daughter's going down the wrong path and I'm thinking to myself, uh, no, I <laughs> So, okay, well this is really helpful for me because she does have a lot of these thoughts and she said them before. And she said that everybody has it wrong, and we all read the Bible wrong, and um, and well, kind of like can tell shifts, you, I, you
2: know, I can tell you one of the one of the tools I use even on a program like this, um, because you know conversations can go in so many different ways. One, one of the tools I use, and it would be it could be helpful for you with your sister, is you know we're talking about abstract um, uh, questions, we're talking about. You know m- more theoretical things that we bring back into the Bible. what I like to do is go, well, you know for example, maybe she says infant baptism and because Paul teaches it. And then the next question is, well, let's look at the passage of Scripture. If we're reading the Bible wrong, let's read it together. and and really there's a power in the Holy Spirit. like if you tie an issue to a particular scripture, then we can read it together. We can do a mini Bible study together. And oftentimes when you just read the scripture that's referenced in and of itself, it doesn't mean what the person thinks it means. So you have to have all these layers. Well, people don't read the Bible correctly. Well, let's read it together and let's both read it correctly. And kind of taking away those little barriers, those little things giving room for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because there's power in the Bible. So if you begin, if you get another opportunity to speak with your sister and just, let's talk about a scripture. Let's talk about Matthew 19. What did Jesus mean here? Um, You know, she may still argue, but now the argument's tied to the living word of God. And it's not just dependent upon our logic or our answers, but we're getting the word of God even in her mouth so that the Holy Spirit can use it. So
0: good. That is such great advice. I'm literally going to do that next time yeah
2: cool well god bless you sister
0: thank you so much it's just wonderful to talk with you and we just love love this radio station and oh good great testimony someday i'll call in and tell you my testimony about this radio would love to change my life
2: oh cool i'd love to hear that thank you
0: okay you take care thank you all right
2: bye-bye all right let's head over to kentucky now lexington kentucky jacob welcome to the program
6: welcome sir how are you
2: I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you?
6: Uh could be better. Uh, my question right. is, um, I believe that I may have committed uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and such where I can barely sleep or even want to do anything because I'm so fearful that no matter what I do, I've already uh, condemned judgment on myself. Um, I've okay. asked this like twice, and each time right. I got a different answer, so I just want clarity if that's possible.
2: Um, it definitely is possible. Yes, it is possible for a person to commit the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit um, or what some people will then refer to as the unforgivable sin. But considering listening to you and listening to your question, a person that's concerned about committing this sin hasn't committed it. Because the unforgivable sin, there's really only one thing that won't be forgiven, and that's a rejection of Jesus Christ. Uh, all sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, except for the rejection of Jesus. Like if you don't receive his forgiveness, then you won't you, you don't you don't repent of your sin. you don't you're not born again, then you'll live a crisis eternity. But for believers, you know it sounds like and I don't want you to describe it, but I do it does sound like you committed something very serious that it's troubling your heart that it is um, a very difficult situation for you. But I also have the privilege of letting you know that if you will repent of that sin with godly sorrow that leads to repentance, God will forgive you and he will tell you to leave and go and sin no more. Don't repeat it. Live a life trusting in the grace of God, in the blood of Jesus Christ. Come back to the communion table and remember his broken body for you and take of his shed blood. So a person asking about this question um, isn't hasn't committed the sin. So let me let me I guess let me I skip the step. Let me ask you a question just to clarify. Are you a born again believer, Jacob?
6: I believe in uh, the death, bear and resurrection of Jesus. I do. Um I was okay, just reading great. and it says for whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, I know blasphemies, you know, defy reverence and I uh, basically tribute to what I thought was um you know, there's a miracle that took place in somebody's life, and I said it could be of the devil, and I just had mm-hmm. condemnation that if it was of God that I attribute the Holy Spirit's work to Satan, which exactly the Pharisees done. And, um, you know, in red, Jesus says, whoever speaks against, and I did exactly that. So it's been very, very troublesome.
2: Well, you know, and I, I want to clarify for you while you, while you participated, you know, while you made a judgment call, while you were wrong attributing the work of God to the devil in someone's life, you didn't do it like the religious Pharisees did it because the religious Pharisees were in the presence of Jesus, their hearts were hard toward him, they're plotting to kill him, they want to to destroy him, they want not they want they have no relationship with him, and they are demonstrating through what they said what they did, the hardness of their hearts. What you did was a sinful mistake. You were wrong. You you know, how do we know what the work, you know, we, we make in judgment calls, you know, and we do this a lot. We make judgments calls of, of things that we don't know anything about. And remember Paul, the apostle in Acts chapter nine, remember how God arrests him and, you know, he falls off his animal and, and he is, um, he is saved. And what did Jesus say to Saul when he knocked him off? Do you remember what he said? Sometimes we just skip over this. Remember what he told him? He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Like Saul had taken up his life to um, a, to be anti-Christ. He was anti-Christ. Uh, and in in a position from being Antichrist, he was saved. And remember how he describes himself in 1 Timothy chapter 1? He says, Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. you know, as he describes his life and, and the past sin of his life, even for an, even, so I compare, because he was also a religious ruler. He was also at the stoning of Stephen, but he didn't commit the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit in all of the perpetuated evil that he create that he was a part of. Not even he crossed that line. It's a very unique line because I think the only sin that's not forgiven is you're going to attribute everything to the devil because you're, because the person is unregenerate, and I don't think you have done that. You're a born-again believer. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're safe and secure in Jesus Christ. And I would say repent of that sin and then go and do it no more, and then trust God for a good night's sleep so that you know that he loves you and he died to forgive even that sin.
6: Thank you so much. It means a lot.
2: You're welcome, Jacob. God bless you.
6: You too, sir. Thank you for your time. Right, bye-bye.
2: All right, let's come to Amarillo, Texas. Now that's the origination of Radio by Grace. Uh, Chad, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you. Uh, this is my first time t- turning it, tuning into the Calvary Live. I didn't. Even, I've listened to the station, but didn't know this particular program existed.
2: So, right on. Uh, welcome.
1: Thank you. I have kind of a two part question. Uh, first part is, as far as when it comes to leading someone to salvation, what is your opinion of the sinner's prayer? Because I've heard some opine that it is not biblical and it has actually hurt the faith. Second question is, when using the sinner's prayer, I've heard some pastors, like on TV or sometimes even in person, calling out to a crowd and saying, you know, repeat these words after me and you will be saved, and pretty much pronounce them saved on the spot rather than, way I would prefer to see it, I've seen it done before is if you're going to use that prayer to use it on an individual basis and have some discipleship behind it. So those are my
3: questions.
2: Yeah. So I think the context is, is really important, right? Because I'm not opposed to a sinner's prayer. I'm not opposed to a pastor helping someone uh, fulfill what Paul said, because he didn't tell us exactly how to do it, but he certainly said, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He even speaks in verse 8, you know, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. So an expression of faith from the mouth, an expression of repentance openly, uh, an expression verbally of asking God for his forgiveness, responding to his conviction. I'm not opposed uh, whatsoever to any form of a sinner's prayer um, that would help somebody confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus. However, I do have some hesitations just like you just like you shared because the context of what I just said comes to the ministry that I'm a part of in Calvary Chapel, right? I'm teaching the Bible verse by verse. I'm giving the whole counsel of God. Um, I'm explaining the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm explaining true repentance. I'm explaining that no one can come to the Father except through Christ, that a prayer doesn't save you, and raising your hand or an altar call or standing doesn't save you. It's only God that saves and gives. So there's a context, right? So to the second part of your question from some guy that says, oh, let's all say this and you're all saved, that's nonsense. Um, That's not possible. That's like saying let's all get baptized and you're all saved. You know, that's just not true. That's, so I think that the debate over the sinner's prayer um is you know I guess it if you don't nuance it just condemning it wholeheartedly is not is truly not um truly not a a valid way to address it because somehow we maybe a a person like, I hate the I don't I think the sinner's prayer is not true so I'm just going to have a person say with their mouth that they believe in the Lord Jesus okay so you had them confess something with your mouth. Why not have them confess repentance? Why not have them confess a dedication of following you? Why not have them confess their love for the Father? Like So confession can include a lot of different things. But I do have to agree with that second part that some people use a sinner's prayer or uses a prayer or uses some uh, really—I don't even know how to describe it, but s- some— human way of expression that really doesn't convey salvation at all. Like it's, it's a commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's a commitment to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. Like it is a, it is a discipleship moment that requires fruits of repentance. You know, it's a, it's a deep thing to be born again. But again, when a person's born again, I don't don't know if you remember when you were born again, but I was saved when I was in my early twenties. I didn't know hardly anything. I didn't know—I didn't even own a Bible when I was saved, but God—I was born again in that moment, and as God matured me, and I read the Bible, and I learned, and listened to Bible studies, I learned a lot, but I could be saved with very little knowledge.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, My my last thing is, is the Calvary Live program—is it archived online so to listen to past episodes?
2: It is, yes. You can go— uh, okay. to your app store uh, or you can go to gracefm.com gracefm.com and to, you can get the link to download the app there and we archive it on our app right there
1: okay great thank you for your
2: time hey thanks for tuning in and um i'm grateful i love amarillo texas i get out there to teach everyone now and again and i just love that city and uh our friends at um Grace Church in Amarillo. The Calvary Chapel there is where Radio by Grace originates. Okay. All right. Thank God bless you. you, brother. Bye-bye. All right. Let's uh, head over where we headed now from Amarillo to New Jersey. Dave is on the line. Dave, welcome to the program.
7: How you doing, Pastor?
2: Hey. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Dave, how are you?
7: I'm great. You know, uh, my wife and I listen to uh, Hope FM, but we carry your uh, your sermons, and we love them, and uh, oh, we're appreciated. Uh, we appreciate you and the fact that Grace FM has a way for us to ask you biblical questions, Pastor Ed. Yes. Well,
2: what can I do for you, Dave?
7: Okay. Well, my question is this. Um, you know, I just heard a couple sermons earlier and one of them, it was like a, a light bulb went off in my head. I, I've been uh, listening to the Word of God for a while, but this one was about in the Garden of Eden when okay. um, Satan tempted Eve, you know, and said, did God really say this about this tree? Uh, you can be... Uh, wise like God. But what I'm uh, asking, at is this. If Eve would have said, because I know the Bible says that God came into the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day, and he spoke to Adam and Eve, like, they they had fellowship. And if Eve would have said, well, God comes in and speaks to us in the cool of the day, and why don't I wait until the cool of the day and ask God about what you said to me? What could have happened, Pastor Ed?
2: Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen, so we're kind of getting into that speculative, right? We're speculating, but let's just say that happened yesterday, and Eve was able to do that. Um, She would have escaped temptation for one more day. And you know, as well as I do as the Bible is revealed the devil is relentless; he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he might devour, and I believe that temptation would would have continually come uh and and even though the Bible doesn't say, we don't know how many times that temptation came. We don't know how many times they thought about um that tree or that we don't know any of that, so you know when you start to think through about what could have happened or what might have happened. I mean, we could fill in the blanks with all kinds of fanciful ideas, um, and I guess ultimately we step back and we can also say, "I have no idea what would have happened," uh, because the Bible doesn't give us that in that doesn't give us that indication. But you know, if you and I resist temptation tomorrow today, it's going to come back tomorrow, and it's going to come back the next day. And certainly, if Eve was able to escape the original temptation and say, "Hey, come back in the cool of the garden, and talk to my father," um, you know, she would have escaped temptation for one more day. Um, I know that for sure.
7: Okay, Ed, um, I agree with what you said. Um, You know, an earthly parent, mother and father, that raises their children in the beliefs of God, they would want their children to come to them and tell them if someone was trying to turn them away from the guidance and and directions that their parents told them about. Am I correct? Yeah.
2: yeah, I think I think that would be the heart of a parent for sure.
7: Right. And I know God is more loving from what I've been understanding in the scriptures. He is more loving to his children more so than an earthly mother or father is that correct?
2: That's correct. He would be the the embodiment of true love.
7: Okay, so that was the basis of my question. And if if God, uh, let's just say hypothetical, it I know we we're yeah, already fine. on that story. Uh-huh. If God thought that Satan, who Jesus said Saw him cast out of heaven like a lightning bolt. If God thought after he created these two perfect human beings, if he thought that Satan was undermining him and changed their ways to fall, wouldn't he maybe have acted because they, he was, Satan was incriminating what he designed
2: so 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 that I I get the direction of your question a little bit deeper now and we have if we're going to go down this track we have to include a few other things that you haven't mentioned yet and one of them in the relationship of a parent and a child is a parent has spoken and said don't you can have everything but this And we know from the scriptures that Adam and Eve had a sweet relationship with their father. And for a period of time were not given. They listened to him, enjoyed him. They had the affirmation of deep relationship. They avoided, they they obeyed God. They enjoyed him of their own free will. And that's that's an important piece of this whole scenario, Dave, because in order to have a real relationship, it has to there has to be freedom like for example for you and i to be friends you had to want to call this program i can't make you call hey dave you better call me and we're going to we're going to talk on the radio and you know that's not a real relationship but but when you when you choose of your own free will to pick up your phone and dial the number you and i can now we can walk together because nobody's making you do that i want to be on this side of the phone you want to be on that side of the phone, but we also have to accept, well, if Dave doesn't like me, he can just hang up on me. And and he has that freedom and it will define our relationship. So the relationship was defined by God in the garden. I create you. I love you. I give you all of this. We will enjoy one another. If you want to enjoy me, you can. If you want to eat of that fruit, I'm telling you, don't do it. But if you want to, You can, it's going to hurt you, it's going to cause great damage, you're going to, don't touch it, don't eat it, don't go there. And they made that free will choice. So for the father to come and make them do something, that's not real relationship. He, there had to be a—and he does it in the affirmative. I love you. I create you. Here's the garden. And let's enjoy one another. And everything is yours but that one tree. Everything.
7: Uh, you know what, and, Ed, I agree with everything you said, and you cleared it all up to me. And and I agree with everything you said. I guess part of me was—I was, uh, uh, was kind of ticked off that uh, Satan uh, didn't get any repercussions. <laughs>
2: Well, he will, you know, as you read through the scriptures, he's definitely going to get deep repercussions. He's going to be thrown into outer darkness for eternity. Like he, he will suffer the greatest out of this whole thing. He and the demonic realm and anyone that sided with him, um, you know, the Bible, the Bible says very specifically that, that hell and eternal separation from God was, wasn't actually created for man. It was created for the devil and his rebellious, uh, demonic realm. So he he's not getting away with anything, and I think that's a. Ed. I just want to ask you one more thing, okay? Uh, Dave, we, we we're coming. We're at the end of the show. You have to call back, okay, brother?
7: If
0: Ed.
2: Sorry, Dave. We're we're right up at the end of the program, and just call back. We'll be able to connect, okay? Hey, uh, you're listening to Calvary Live uh, on the. Uh, Many radio networks, so grateful that you've chosen to join us. I'm back in town, just got back from Israel. We're already planning our 2023 trip, so plan ahead, start saving. You're going to want to go to Israel. It is a trip of a lifetime, Uh, and when we get more details, we'll definitely make them available to you uh, to walk where Jesus walked. I mean, when we go to um, St. Peter, Gallican II, in the area there, there's actually a Roman road that's original to the first century and absolutely the road that Jesus took. Those, I mean, it's so much so that they most of the stuff in Israel you can touch, but they put a fence around this one there to preserve it. Um, uh, you, you know, the Garden Tomb, we're up in the Galilee. We are in Capernaum and all the sites do our devos on the Sea of Galilee, except this year the water was so high— that we couldn't do it. The Sea of Galilee is so full. Uh, We go down to the Dead Sea and you float in it, the lowest part on the planet Earth. Imagine that, if that was all you went for, but it's a Bible vacation. uh, And man, just got back, still jet lagging. Eve, so is Kevin. Kevin got to go on this trip and Kevin's jet lagging. Um, But what a privilege. What a privilege to take people there and experience it. What a privilege to be back with our church family. For us here at Calvary, we're going to be in the Book of Acts this weekend, Uh, Back in the book of Acts studying verse by verse so we want to invite you out Saturday night at 6pm Sunday morning 845 1045 and for everyone listening around the country that's the mountain time zone so if you want you can join us on our app just go to the app store put my name in there Ed Taylor download our app connect with us talk to us email us you want information on the Trinity on the LG what the Bible has to say about LGBTQ email me I'll send you stuff and links that you can look stuff up. God bless you guys. Have a great evening in the Lord. See you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live.
0: Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.